Hi, I'm Jill Wright, founder and CEO of Executive Shine. And on behalf of myself and my phenomenal guests, we want to welcome you to Executive Shine Soul to Soul Conversations. I am so honored to bring you some of the world's most fascinating and dynamic leaders who often only have one thing in common, uncommonly outrageous positive impact on people and businesses. They are leaving this world a much better place. So kick back and join us. Grab a few insights you can immediately apply to leverage your leadership and foster greater authentic connection in a world that's become increasingly disconnected. We so desperately need you to shine your light bright. Enjoy. Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited this week. I'm really honored, and I have a very special guest. Pat Robertson Rice is a keynote speaker. She's a spiritually based counselor. She's a workshop facilitator, and Pat offers you spiritual counseling that allows you to obtain the missing piece of information you need to come to terms with any issue that you face and decide on the proper form, proper course of action and finally move forward in your life. She helps others move through the most difficult times in their life. So I am so excited to welcome you to the show. Pat, welcome. And thank you, Jill. It's my honor to be here tonight. Well, I know a little bit about your background from a friend of mine, Sharon Lynn Wyeth, who was on the show last week. And so I would love to know a little bit, tell us a little bit about your story. How did you start to get in touch with some of your spiritual gifts and intuitive abilities? Because I think right now people are waking up to the fact that, you know, there's more going on here than what we can see. Exactly. And they're really connecting you know, we call these soul-to-soul conversations, and they're really connecting to what is my spiritual purpose. Mm-hmm. So yeah. tell us a little bit about how did you find that? What's your story, your history, your background? I want to hear it all. All right. Well, I, I want to speak to all of the people who are listening that are maybe new and then some who've been on the path, you know, the spiritual path for a long time. But I was 34 before I woke up. So, I mean, that's that's unusual. Most people, you know, I think have had a spiritual experience before that. But I had to recognize that I was having spiritual experiences all along but I didn't know they could be categorized as a gift. So as a child, I just wrote and wrote stories and plays. And when I went to school, I was the person that everybody came to and said, oh, my God, what are we going to do? The teacher wants us to have a project ready, you know. And I would just always know things. Well, I know now 
that the reason I knew things was those were gifts that I was being given information from my angels. So there pro- there's probably not anyone listening who doesn't believe in angels. And if you don't, you're missing a wonderful way to live your life because they want to help us all the time. But we all have a guardian angel that comes in that's with us our entire lives. And the first uh, 12 years, they're protecting your physical body. That's what they're for, they're for to make sure you don't get hurt. And then as we get older, they become more like counselors to us. And then usually we have two other guides that are there, and they are supposed to send these, um, be in the right place at the right time and put dreams in our heads that will give us information. So I was a school teacher, and everybody's favorite subject, ha-ha, high school English. And I loved it. it. Oh, my God. I love teaching, and I love the kids. And so... When I was 34, like I said, all I, I had two children of my own. You know, I was a churchgoer, a community worker, and had a job. I was busy. But my father had um, a stroke, and then he had a serious heart attack. And so we all knew that um, he was not in good health. So my brother called me one night and he in the, you know, like 11 o'clock at night and he said, Pat, um, they're rushing dad to the hospital. He said, I think you better come. And before I could even get my suitcase packed and write out a lesson plan, he called me back and said that he had died on the operating table. Well, Mm. my father was my idol. He was my best friend. He was just a wonderful man. And I was worried. I felt so guilty because I didn't get there. I didn't get to say I love you. I didn't get to have closure. I, You know, I, I was really upset. And so I kept praying every night, would you please, well, somebody up there, I didn't really know who to call on, so I just said God. That was all I knew. And I said, well, God, will, so, will somebody up there please let me know my dad's all right? Just let me know my dad's all right. Well, he died in February, and in May, my prayer got answered, and I was uh, down at this little uh, house that we had, and thank God, I guess the angels arranged it, nobody was there that night. My husband was coming the next day, my kids, you know, were coming the next day, and I had the house all to myself. And I was tired, so I said, shoot, I'm just going to go to bed. So I went in there about 8 o'clock, and I thought I went, I mean, I went to sleep. I know I did. And all of a sudden, Jill, I felt myself just coming up like somebody had picked me up. I literally was pulling me up out of the bed. And when I opened my eyes, my father was standing in the bedroom. And he was smoking that cigarette he had on that brown shirt that he always wore that we all hated. And and I said, oh, my God, you look so much better. Well, one thing I've learned is, first of all, when they are coming to see you from the other side, they generally will dress in something you will recognize But over there, they have the choice of looking like they did at 40. They all seem to choose between 30 and 40. They don't want to go around in a wheelchair with tubes hanging out of their nose like when they died, you know. So they'll come at a time 
that they felt they were the strongest and looked the best. So my father, I was, I didn't know that then. And I was shocked and I said, Oh my God, you look so young. You look so good. And he said, they told me you needed to see me. And I said, yes, I do. I said, do you know that I have prayed about you? I want to know how you are. How are you doing? He said, well, I'm fine, but that's not what I came to tell you. And I said, well, okay, but as long as you're okay. And he said, tell Mike that I'm excited about the heir to our business. And I said, well, I don't, he said, just tell him. I said, okay. And he said, but what I really came to talk about is you're not doing what you're supposed to do. I said, what are you talking about? I'm raising kids. I'm teaching school. I, uh, you know, I have my community Ooh. work. And he laughed and he said, that's not what you came to do. I said, well, dear God, what is it I'm supposed to be doing? He said, you're supposed to be teaching people about their spirituality. I said, I don't even have any. I said, I go to church on Sunday and pay my dues. And I, What are you talking about? He said, you are supposed to be teaching people how to connect to God and to their soul. I said, Daddy, I don't even know anything about that. And he smiled, that smile I always remembered, and he said, I know, that's why I'm here tonight. He said, so get to work and find out about these things, because in 10 years, you'll be teaching it. And with that, he was gone. Well, I hadn't had anything to drink, I, I didn't even smoke, you know, and I thought, I didn't imagine this. I mean, I was sitting up in the bed, tears running down my face. And I thought, I, I know this happened. So my husband came the next day and I said, you got to sit down and let me tell you what happened. Well, he listened to me and he picked up the paper and he snapped it and he said, Pat, that was just a dream. I said, no, it wasn't. I was talking to him. He He came. And he laughed and he said, Pat, it was just a dream. But I didn't believe that. I did not believe that. I knew it was not a dream. And the thing that synced it was the next, oh, about two weeks later, I saw my brother. We didn't live in the same town. And I said, Mike, Dad told me to tell you something when he came to see me in a dream. And he said, oh, my God, what? I said, he said to tell you congratulations that you were going to have the heir to the business, which was by Mike's time a fourth, you know, a fourth generational business. And he said, what are you talking about? Because he and Lisa had just been married about eight months. Well, about two months later, he called me and he said, Mike, I mean, he said, Pat, he said, "Uh, guess what? And I said, what? He said, Lisa's pregnant. Now, here's my father telling my brother, wanting me to tell my brother that he was going to have the boy that would run the business into the fourth generation. Now, obviously... I couldn't have, I mean, you know, I didn't know that. Mike didn't know that. Lisa didn't even know she was pregnant. 
So that cinched it for me, Jill. I said, okay, that's it. I surrender. So I started getting books, and I read everything there was on heaven and hell and in between and how do you find a soul. And, you know, I believed very truthfully what he had told me. And so I went from teacher to teacher. So uh, every time I heard about a seminar on souls, I went to it, and I got read every book there was on it and all of that. And so then uh, I finally met the right teacher, and I stayed with her a couple years, and she explained all, you know, everything. There was a big class of us. And so I got to understand the soul and how the soul progresses and, you know, progresses about past lives and all about, you know, the gifts that we come in to do. So, uh, Jill, it, that's what popped me out. So I would like to say to your audience that some of you have these very gifts that the soul wants you to open. I was existing in my gifts of writing and being able to help people with their problems. I didn't know how I had the answers. They'd say, well, we got to have this grant written. And I'd say, I'll write it for you. No big deal. Just send me the information. I was working out of my gift, my strength, if you'd like to put it that way. But I had no idea it was a spiritual gift. I did not know that God had given it to me so I could develop it and then 10 years later use that writing ability to write books or to speak to people, you know, in uh, seminars. So I did want to mention, Jill, uh, do you want, I'm sorry, what what do you want to talk about? If you want to ask well, me Well, no, I'm, I'm just loving this story and... I think you brought up something really important when you said you are just doing you. You know, you yeah. were just operating in your strengths and the things that you liked, and you just didn't recognize them as gifts because when God gives you a gift, it's it's so natural for you that you often, I think, people don't recognize that those are actually their gifts. They have no idea. Yeah, and when I do readings for people, and especially the one that helps them understand their purpose here and, you know, what their gifts are, they'll say, oh, my God, Pat, I've been doing that all my life. (laughs) And I'll say, duh. You know, the definition of gift is that you don't have to work for it. If it's a gift, it's natural. Think about athletes. You know, they have a natural gift in that area. And think around people that do ballet or who draw or paint. It comes out early. It comes out early, and you just go along with it, you know. So I wanted to talk about... um, the gifts that average everyday people have, but they never think about it, if that's okay. Ab- ab- yes, bring it on. I, I'm hanging on every word I, <laughs> because I think this is so important. Well, and it's, it's something that is, is something I think honoring each person has an important piece of the puzzle. Oh, and yeah. 
they've got to to recognize that and and that's where their that's where their joy comes their sense of accomplishment all of those things so keep talking i want to know okay. how do people get in touch with that well uh there are four if you want to talk about in we're talking about intuition you know and yeah. there are four yeah. areas of intuition and I want to link the people that have these gifts that, that might not even put it that way. And the first one I want to talk about is the clairvoyant gift. And I think people know that if you are have a clairvoyant ability, you are able to see things. So you would say, well, I don't know. I see these psychics. They call in at the police department and they see where the child, what street, you know, the child is on and all that. Well, those people are on TV because they have an, you know, an amazing gift. The rest of us just have better than average gifts. Okay. So I would like to point out that the people who really are clairvoyant and don't know it, I would like to mention to you that we've all seen it on TV. So we're watching a crime show and the policeman comes in or the investigator comes in and they look at the body and look at how the furniture was overturned and they look and see two wine glasses. You know, they investigate the scene and always in the thing, you know, part of the plot, the investigator says, well, you can say what you want to about the circumstantial evidence, but I'm going to tell you right now, this was committed by the wife. I don't know anybody who has a better gut feeling or a hunch than a policeman or an investigator. We've been fed that over TV for a long time. And by the end of the program, guys, right, you know, that is who did it, although it didn't look that way. Uh, so they see things. We miss these clues, but they see them, you know, and so they mull over mm-hmm. it. They put the pieces together. Another person who sees that would, I don't know if they would ever say it was a gift, would be a landscape architect. So they come over and look at a, just a pile of dirt, you know, they're on a lot, and you're telling them to make a beautiful garden. Well, how do they know which plants? to put and, you know, where the fountain's going and what kind of flowers and what shape the beds will be. They have an eye. They're like architects, except they are people that come and help us, you know, in a, if we want to create something. And they probably would not tell you they had a gift. They just probably say, yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to do that for you. Another person that might not recognize that about themselves would be the people that you call when you are in trouble and you've moved in a new house and you don't know what to do and so you call a decorator. Well, decorators walk right in and they say, oh my God, we're going to put a mirror on this wall and paint this wall blue and put the baby grand over here and put the couch over here and I want a real pretty sort of tannish rug to go in front of the fireplace and we're going to paint it shocking blue. And you I say, oh, my God, it. that's beautiful. That's everything. And how do they know that? They have an eye. An artist has a gift. A musician has a gift. But have they ever thought about it as being a gift from God? 
No, because they do it every day. Right. They do it every day. It's natural. It's like me writing, 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 you know, as a child and talking to people about their problems. Never. I it's didn't so go to be a counselor in school. You know, I went to be a teacher I, and, and wound up in counseling. But ladies, don't forget about your hair colorist and your beautician. You know, we go to a person until we find the right person that can look at our skin and, and look at the type of colors we like to have on. They say, oh, listen, I know what we're going to do to your hair this time. Buh, buh, buh. And they have a gift, and that's why they make a lot of money. Absolutely. So, I we mean, just we could go about on that. and on talking about, uh, you know, everyday people that have a gift. And so I want to mention that this clairvoyance, the way they usually get you is the same way they did me. You're going to have a dream. Now, that dream involves a vision, if you want to call a dream a vision. It's a nighttime vision. So you're using your clairvoyance, which is the gift of sight. But you are also using your clairaudience because you're hearing and think about clair auditorium is where you go to hear. So clair audience is always talking about the gift of hearing. So you're able to hear these people in this imaginary dream that your gods have concocted for you to send you a message. And the message is loud and clear. When you have a spiritual dream, you will never forget it. Never, ever, ever. And people call me all the time. Oh, my God, I, I don't know what this is all about. It scared me to death. Somebody told me to call you. You could help me figure this dream out. And I said, well, sure. And usually that's their wake-up call. That's their message from the divine. That's their guardian angels that finally got them to stop taking the sleeping pills so they could get them that night and pass the dream through there. Oh, that's so true. Oh, my God, so yes. And just, Jill, think, what do we do when we come home from work? Oh, we cut the TV on to see what's happening. We cut the radio on in the kitchen, and we're talking to our friends on the phone, and then the kids come, and we got to talk to them. And I... When would you like for your angels to talk to you? Exactly. Talk about that. I mean, the, I think that that's, a little bit of of what has happened during this pandemic experience oh, when we yes, were forced to slow down and yes, and, and you made to what our soul has to say. You made a wonderful statement when you said it seems like the world is falling apart, but more people are waking up. So. Absolutely. Talk about taking advantage of something, you know, the soul to sneak in there and the angels to sneak in there, because a lot of people were so upset that they typed in guided meditation, and a lot of people said that's what they did first thing in the morning to calm themselves down, and after they listened to the news, they'd go listen to another guy. I mean, I think meditation tapes went off the charts, you know. Right. So um, the other thing I wanted to mention, and then we'll talk about uh, what you, you wanted to talk about for a second, is that um, dreams really are very uh, a tool of the universe or a tool of the angel. 
and you should pay attention to them. But the problem is if you eat a great big meal, you know, before you go to bed or if you're taking sleeping pills or if you're on medicines, you know, sometimes it's very hard for you to dream. Now, we dream every night. We don't always remember what we dream because sometimes it's just the brain's way, you know, of calming down and throwing out things it doesn't need, you know, for the next day. But I will say this to your viewers. There are two times that you get probably the most guided messages. And one is when you get in the bed and you are just sort of, you know, drifting down, you know, you still got things on your mind, but you get sleepier and sleepier. Right before you go to sleep is when sometimes the angels will sneak the message in there. And then in the morning, not, I mean, right before the alarm clock goes off, you know, most of us wake up before it actually rings. And when you're in that little twilight thing, that in-between time, that's when the messages are dropped in. And that's if you ever get a thought or something, you ought to write it down so you won't forget to act on it that day. But those are two times if you can just not let the world come in that you will receive some of your most important messaging that they can try to get there. So we, you asked me, how how can we work on, you know, connecting with the angels? Well, I think most books, if you were reading a book on, you know, connecting to your angels, I, I've never read an angel book that didn't say this, is that you need to try to start meditating. Now, I'm going to link this up with what I said in the very beginning. I had gifts. But I didn't know to call it that. I just thought it was right. what I did. Okay. All right. So um, I decided uh, that I was going to try to get some direct information from my angel. So I went to a meditation class, and um, they told us the basics, you know, and we'd practice a little bit in the thing with a guided meditation. So we were supposed to go home. Well, I lit my candle and I, you know, got in the lotus position and I took my 10 deep breaths and all of that and nothing happened. So the second night, I took all that preparation again and I got in the lotus position and I said, okay, I, I'm ready. Talk to me. Not a thing Okay, happened. God, here I am. Here I am, God. It's me. You know, come on in. And somebody that they've been desperate to speak to, that may work that way, but not for most of us. And so um, about six nights of this, of just, and they always tell you, don't beat it to death. Try for 15 minutes, and if you haven't got a message, then you might get it the next day. But don't make meditation a drugsury when you're first starting out. And I think that's very important. So anyway... Sixth night, I went to bed, and right before I went to bed, they said, write your meditations. Don't think them. So the next night, I got my candle, you know, and I took my deep breaths, and I had my pen and paper there. And as soon as I picked up that pencil, the words started coming. And so I realized then that you don't go outside 
your strength. Not everybody has to meditate in the lotus position. So people oh, that's who so good that you work. said that because I think people need to hear that that they they speak to you through your strength. I yes. just that's so important. Yes. And a lot of people find that they meditate much better if they're lying in their bed, you know, and they don't even get up and interrupt that twilight if they just try to do right. it in the morning, you know, or right before they go to bed. And so I've had people, you know, in, in, you know, in my classes, and we'd be talking about this, and I would say, what do you like to do? And they'd say, oh, my God, I love my garden. I just, anytime I've got five minutes, I go out in the garden. And I said, great, that's where you need to meditate. What? And I said, no, that's true. That is where you need to try to connect your angels, because that's your love, that's your strength, that's your ability outside. And it works for people. If you're an artist and you're trying to meditate or trying to get information, then sit in front of a blank canvas. Sit in front of a blank canvas and say, I'd like some guidance. You know, if you ask a singer or you ask an artist, where do you get your inspiration? And they'd say, I don't know. Sometimes I sit in front of that canvas and two hours later the picture's on it and I really don't remember it. Absolutely. Inspiration was so strong. And you know, we have heard many musicians interviewed and they'd say, well, I don't know. I was just thinking about my girlfriend, and the next thing I knew, I had this song, you know. And it's inspiration. So whatever your strength is, do the strength. You know, some of these people that love, absolutely love to work out, the best time in the world after you work out and the body feels so strong and you sit down to just catch your breath and maybe drink some carrot juice or something, that's when you say, okay, guys, come on in. Exactly. Exactly. And for me, like, I have horses and I get the most connected you know, when I'm working with my horses and even in the barn or all yes. of those things and the same thing at work, we did, you know, I want to touch on something you said earlier. We are doing something now called the shine experience and oh. where we are going into companies and working with the teams and working with them to bring out the shine in each other. Oh, and how wonderful. The, the way it's so awesome, the way that we start out is what you said earlier. I hold up a dirty boot and I say, you know, what do you see when you look at this? And most people say a dirty boot. <laughs> and I, when I hold up the other boot, which is shined and brilliant, and I say, when I look at you, this is what I see. I 
see your gifts. I see the way you shine. I see the difference that you make in the world. And so through this experience, we're going to serve each other and shine each other's shoes. And through this experience, we are going to then see each other's gifts. And then when we work together, then we honor each other in those gifts and recognize that all of us are very different. Yes. So I'm just so excited that you said that. Oh, yes. And, and that works in a lot of ways. If you have, um, you know, if you're trying to recruit people to do something, let's say you want to put on a big expo or something before you ever ask somebody to do something, you find out what, where the committee's strengths are. And if one person is good at giving speeches, they're the ones that are going to go out and recruit the sponsors. And if another person is good at organization, they're going to be the ones that type up the booklet, you know. And you have a much better production when you go to someone's strengths and help them to develop their gifts. So I'll applaud you on that. Oh, wow, that's that's just such a wonderful thing. Are Are people just lining up at your door once the word got out? Yes, we are very, we are having a lot of requests for that because that's the area that we're moving into is let's, let's work with each other in, just like you said, in our areas of strength and then let's collaborate together to create together. You operating in your gifts, your strengths and me operating in mine and together we can create something amazing and and it's so much easier you know you mentioned ease before yes. and that's how it flows that's how the energy flows when you are each i mean god made us all different yes so we're different pieces of the puzzle so we need each other and we need to try not to be everything. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs are like, okay, I'm today I'm going to be an accountant and I'm going to be a marketing person and I'm going to be this and that and whatever. And it's like, no, no, no. Surround. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You just need to surround yourself with people who are experts in their area Exactly. And then you need to coordinate that and bring that together. And that way you're respecting and honoring their gifts. They feel great. You get great expertise. You can work together. Then they don't compete. They overlap and connect. And it's amazing what you can create. So I love that. So talk more about that. Talk about more how people, how do people figure this out? Well, I I will mention another um, medium, I guess I would call it. If someone wants to, um, I think readings are a good idea from people who are in that line of work. And that way they can tell you sort of what your, uh, the God has planned for your life. What's your purpose here? And I think once you, you go there, you get a lot of confirmation. You're probably already doing it, you know, in a way, but then you can go in another way. 
And I just want to to say another thing. You know, it's going to sound like a school teacher, but I do want to say this. You know, when uh, Jesus was on the earth, he had 12 disciples. And I never thought about why, I mean, why didn't they call them rabbis? That was Jesus' name. I know that. He was a teacher. But why did they call them disciples? Why didn't they call them followers? Or why didn't they call them, you know, the throng or something like that? And it's, it's the word discipline is the base word, I mean, the word that comes from that, because it means that you have to have discipline if you're going to develop your gift farther than you have it today. And discipline means something different for everyone. If you have five children and work and your husband works, you're not going to have the time that I would have being retired to devote to a meditation. You're just not. So you have to pick something that is reasonable for you because you don't want to feel like a failure. You don't want to go home and say, well, okay, my teacher said meditate five times this week. Well, you don't have time. One time effectively is better than five times when children come in and interrupt you and the dog, you know, gets out of the house. You can't concentrate that way. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for saying that. You have to be realistic. But the discipline, the daily discipline is the most important. I mean, weekly discipline or whatever you're working on. But a lot of my clients say that, that when they took yoga, Now, I've never done yoga, but they tell me when I started taking yoga, I would get into a certain position, you know, or a certain stance or whatever you want to call it. And they'd say, all of a sudden, Pat, I heard some some words. Now, I don't think they heard them audibly. Like I'm talking to you, Jill. I think the right, words right. were downloaded. It's kind of like a computer. All of a sudden, this download comes in your head, and you look around and say, well, who said that? And your angel did. So a download, I think, is what a lot of people would, you know, definitely call the clairaudient gift, the hearing gift from their guides. Very rarely. Right. I hear things outside, but if I pick up a pen, oh, my Lord, I mean, it'll be three pages before I can turn around because that's my strength, writing, expression, you know. Right, so, right. Uh, I would recommend that uh, someone try yoga. Now, if it doesn't work in, you know, two months, then obviously that's not going to be your strength. And I would recommend that everyone try a meditation class you know, and see how it goes. At least learn the breathing technique and learn how it's best to sit or lie or whatever, you know, for your breath work to be. And then you can go off and and do your meditations on your own. But there's uh, two other gifts I want to mention. And one of them is (laughs) when I work with people, everybody almost is the most gifted in clairsentience, and then we see where the other gifts are. But clairsentience is, you know, the body can't talk to you with words. And so they've always said that your gut is the second brain. And I I pondered on that for a while, but, you know, 
everybody in here, I mean, out in in the listening audience, has had an experience like this where you might have been on a tour and the person said, okay, now we're going to go in this church or we're going to go in this cathedral or we're going to go over here and look at this. And you had your stomach turn upside down, just like when we were kids riding in a car and the father would go over a bump and, you know, that funny feeling you get. Right, right. That is your gut saying, do not do that. And every single one of us have been alerted like that if we were walking down a street and it was not smart, you know, then we just turn around and go a different way. Or I get it a lot when I'm traveling in other countries. And I will, I trust my, I trust my gut when I get that. Other people get goosebumps. I know you've heard, you've had that happen to you, you know. Oh, absolutely. When I hear beautiful music, oh my God, it just goes all over me. It is so beautiful. Or sometimes if I see something that someone has painted, you know, I'll just get these goosebumps. And every one of us, have been awakened at night with something that absolutely shot up our back. You know, just absolutely. Right. right. So the body will warn you, will try to help you, and it's so common that they call, they've named, um, you know, one of these intuitive gifts, and it's called clairsentience. So these hunches you get, you know, you say, Oh my God, I got to figure out what to do about this. And all of a sudden, this thought comes in your head where it just fills you up or you get these funny tinglings in your fingers or something. You say, Oh, I know what I'm going to do. That's a, a gut. That's a hunch. That's a message that, some, you know, your angels send, but they send it through the body. And all of us have felt that, you know, our hands start tingling or, you know, our nose itches. And you say, well, Absolutely. why? <laughs> well, those are your angels. They are sending signals to you. And, or a song will start playing in your head. And you say, I hadn't thought of that song in 45 years. But the yeah, words. You're exactly that, right. Yes. The words to that song are what you need to hear for that present moment. The last intuitive, not the last, but I mean the other, the fourth most common uh, intuitive gift is called claircognizance, and that one is direct knowing. Now, most of us don't have that one because, as well, some people have it out, you know, in space, but most of us will not have that one as well, except on certain occasions. And so uh, the good example I will give is what it basically means is you didn't know this and somebody put it in your brain, okay? So that would be your angels. So you're sitting there listening to your friend and, oh, my God, here's the third breakup she's had with a fellow that she thought was going somewhere. And she says, what's wrong with me? And all of a sudden you look at her and say, Claire, until you heal the relationship with your father, you will never be able to be successful in a relationship with other men. And she sits up and says, oh, my God, how did you know about that? And you answer honestly, and you say, I don't know. Right. I don't know how I knew that. 
you know, or your friends are excited, y'all are going to plan a trip. Now, of course, we've got a problem with getting in out of the country, you know, with this new COVID mess right. coming in. And some of the ports are closing. But let's pretend like, you know, you were going, everybody was excited and they wanted to go to Egypt. And they say, oh, look, now, do you want to go with us? And your stomach turns over and you say, you know, that's a trip I'm not going to take. Yeah. I trust my gut on things like that. No, that, that I'm sorry. No, um, I, I just don't feel like that's right for me. And it's it's a very um, common thing. And they'll say, well, why do you feel that way? And you say, I don't know. I'm just trusting my gut on this. Right. So when That's we don't really know important. how we know things, we are experiencing the claircognizance when the gut, it's the feeling in the stomach, not just in your thoughts up here. Then we're talking about the clairsentience. And if you're hearing, if you're downloaded with information like you would be in a meditation, that's your clairaudience. And then your clairvoyance is seeing things. And I gave you occupations where people are very successful because they see things that we don't see with our physical eyes. And the clairvoyance are also like the course you're taking, Jill, on the mediumship, uh, many clairvoyants also will be able to see people on the other side. And they will, uh, it's it's a very fulfilling thing when somebody died, like with my father, and you don't get to say goodbye, and, and you don't know how they are. That was so wonderful to me to have that gift from God. Yes, and I think and a lot was, of people, you know, experience that during the pandemic because, they couldn't be with their loved ones exactly. when they passed because of the restrictions. And was that and, not horrible? Well, I think that's a huge gift. Horrible, horrible, those people. Yes, uh, you know, the pandemic was, was horrible, but I think a lot of people realize things about how important family was, you know, that type of thing. Um, yes. There's always a blessing in everything, no matter how horrible, we don't see it, and some of us die before we see it. We have to go to heaven, you know, to see it because it doesn't happen for several years. But um, I would, uh, if somebody is feeling like that they have this gift and, and they've had these strange things happen where they're thinking about a person and the person picks up the phone and calls them, that is a direct relay of intuitive information from one person to another. You know, so absolutely. And how often does that happen? I mean, all the time. And people connect the dots. I don't think they connect the dots. Sometimes they'll say, "Mary, I was just thinking about you." Now, what are the odds that Mary in Alaska is going to call Jane in Florida? Absolutely, Uh, in one in a million billion or something. You know. So they have put up. That's a God thing. Yep. So then we go back, you know, where intuitively they thought about her two or three days ago. And then that person said, you know what? I thought about her. I'm going to call her. So it's, it's, um, when souls want to get together, I guess I want to say, or what have you, sometimes you will get these intuitive hits. And so you call Mary and find out she's just been, this happens to me a lot with clients. I'll get a hit on them and I'll call and they'll say, 
Pat, I cannot believe you called. And I said, well, you know, I just started thinking about you yesterday. And they said, oh, my Lord, let me tell you what's happened in our family. And I'll say, okay. And then I know why I got that intuitive hit. They needed somebody to talk to, you know. Right. And so my whole point tonight is everybody has a gift. Everybody came to this earth to bring a gift. For some, it might be a beautiful voice, and they sing at weddings, and they sing at funerals, and they sing in church, and they touch everybody's heart and make them more uh, more open, you know, using their energy more for a spiritual thing. And some people draw or paint or, you know, make these beautiful things that express I guess I would say the perfection of God. If you ever want to see what God's like, just go pick a flower in its prime. It's perfect. Oh, absolutely. Or you mentioned your horses. What could be more beautiful than to see these beautiful horses galloping or prancing, you know, if they're being shown in a ring or something? There's That's what God is. It's perfection. And something that brings beauty to the world so that we can love it and open our hearts a little more. Yes, you're right. It's about opening your heart. About opening your heart. And, you know, some people have to have such horrible things happen to them. And, I mean, this is a story everybody knows, Jill. This is nothing unusual Uh, They find out they have cancer or they find out they have some debilitating disease. And so um, they decide very quickly they need to turn their life around, you know. And so out of that horrible year, they have to go through all that pain and suffering. They realize that they have not been leading their life because now they are relating more to people Now they are getting kind of serious because if there's a possibility of death, you want to get right with God. You know, that's just a human thing. And now their friends are coming over and being, you know, offering to help them. And they begin to see how loving the world is. And I don't know, you know, uh, it's sad that the horrible things have to be your wake up call. It's sad. But a lot yeah, of people true, take though. their lives, Jill, that way. You know, I wish it didn't have to be that way. But um, th- I, I think, too, that a lot of us in the pandemic, of course, realize how much we just miss contact, how much we needed other people. You know, how yes. much we miss the friendship and camaraderie at work or how much we liked having a place to go and use our gifts instead of sitting home. Absolutely. That's so true. And I think your point was very well made that while it seemed like everything was falling apart in the world, people were waking up on a lot of fronts. Yeah. A lot of front. And so And I think that's true. I want to we we have just a few more minutes, but oh, you do some your one of your extraordinary gifts is you do some 
soul readings for people to help them see what what is their life purpose? What is their soul really want to come here to 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 make? What kind of impact do they really want to make? And so how can people get in touch with you to to connect and learn more about what their spiritual purpose is, what their gifts are? Yeah. I put all um, of your information if I did put all of your information, your your website, spiritual beginnings one oh one dot com. Uh-huh. And tell us about how people can get more in touch with you. Okay. They can go to the website and the website of course has the phone numbers. And then uh the the uh Four, I think it's 12 readings that are the most popular readings, you know, the ones that seem to help people the most. The very first one talks about the importance of the soul chart or the life purpose reading. And um, it takes almost two hours and 15 minutes to do that. It's not just a 15-minute, you know, reading or anything like that. It is for your entire life. So if you're 20, then we take it all, you know, all the things that are going to, planned for you by God, and hopefully you're in the right place at the right time. But we basically talk about the lessons that you came in to learn, and that is very comforting to people. In my case, I had a horrible relationship with my mother, and I never could understand why we just, you know, didn't get along. And once I got into the soul things, I realized that was my karmic lesson this time. It was a huge thing that had happened between us in other lifetimes, and we have to settle it this life. And then I realized that. And so when people realize these troubles that they have are karmic, they didn't cause them in this life. They're just here to settle things. And then we talk right. about lessons that God would like for you to, per, you know, move forward and perfect and be able to share with other people. And then we talk about your timelines, when things are going to happen in your life. And we, most importantly, talk about your gifts and what your mission here is in this life, how you are here to touch other people's lives. And it's a wonderful reading. It's just so positive, and it helps you understand a lot of things that you haven't understood about why things didn't work out in your life, you know. Right, and what a gift for you to be able to help people with these. I mean, this is really serious stuff, and you mentioned earlier if they can, if People can learn this like early in their life and they can, oh they can really God. then embrace their gifts and they can make such a big impact in the world. And, and it's so exciting. So I'm, I'm so happy that you were able to join us tonight and be able to share this with our listeners. Cause I think this is one of the most life giving things that, that someone can learn is what their soul's purpose is. Oh, I think it's very important. But I would like, and I'd like to thank you for allowing me to be here tonight and to compliment you on your soul shining (laughs) that you're doing in the businesses. That is a fabulous idea. And I hope you all will write it up and, and let a lot of people in other states and come and 
speak to our Chamber of Commerce or what have you, it sounds like it would be a wonderful mission, you know, for you all to do. Yeah, absolutely. It is our mission because we really, our tagline is Executive Shine. It's all about the love. And that's really what I want people to see is I want people to see their gifts and to recognize them and understand that they're here to make a difference and here to make an impact. And, and that that's not a burden. That's fun. <laughs> you oh, know, it, people don't understand how much fun it is. Once you start, you know, investigating your gifts and they'll say, really, I've never taken an art lesson. And I say, well, you better get on down there and buy you some uh, paints because that's part of what you're here to do. And they say, oh, I've always wanted to do that. So see, think yeah. about what the workplace could be instead of people dreading it and having those little petty dramas and all that stuff. What if everybody couldn't wait to get to work? I agree. That is my dream to create work environments where everybody has their peace and they collaborate and come together to create and serve and have fun and laugh and take care of each other and create together and and just have a good time and just make the world a better place and together you know but each still, operating in their if, own gifts what if you could reach kids when they're juniors in high school and have them uh, have a project in their, I don't know, civics class maybe, or their psych class, or their science class, and you all teach them that concept of working from your strengths and working together. What if you taught kids that concept before they went out into the world? Absolutely. I agree 100%. That's why teachers like you it, it make such a difference. Because I know that you did that when you were a teacher, and it's just so valuable. And so oh, they are going to, we are running out of time. Oh, I am well, having such a so great much, time you. talking to you. But they can reach you, Pat Robertson Rice, at spiritualbeginnings101.com. And if you can't spell beginnings, has two N's. <laughs> and so, like me, I had to think about that for a minute. And I'm going to put all your information in the show notes. And I am just so thrilled that you could join us tonight and and that people can connect with you to get a reading and learn about their gifts and start making an impact. And Thank you for making your impact. And thank you, Jill, for yours.